Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Last week we talked about the preparation for the Advent that is the Lord called a contemporary of Jesus. And when he prophesied to Zacharias that he and Elizabeth would have a child, whom we know as John the Baptist, who would bring about a ministry of repentance and preparation for the coming of the Lord and his ministry, we had a pretty rough message last week on the prophecy that was given to Zacharias that the ministry of John the Baptist will be to return the hearts of the fathers to the children. I probably have had more response and quite a few ouches from that message than I've had in a long time. But let me just say this, it's never my intention to bring condemnation or accusation, my intention is to be a healing vessel. And I also want you to never forget this. My job is to tell you what he has told me regardless of how it hurts. My job is not to build a mega anything My job is not to try to be attractive to more people. My job is to tell you what he has told me. I have to process the message that the Lord gives me and the correction that comes with that message. That runs through me first. The message and the correction comes through me first. So if you are stung a little bit by the messages occasionally, understand that I have received correction first. And then sometimes I get so much correction, I just feel like I need to share a little bit of the burden with you. In Luke chapter 2, we see the very familiar passage as it relates to the birth of Jesus. We see in verses 8 and following that an angel appeared to shepherds and told them about the coming of the birth of a Savior, that they would find him in Bethlehem, the city of David. Isn't it interesting that Bethlehem was only six miles from Jerusalem and Herod was reigning out of Jerusalem, but he didn't take it seriously enough to send his soldiers six miles under the providence of God. Can I tell you all something? If you are right in the middle of God's will, that is the safest and most secure place that you could ever have. You cannot arm yourself or secure yourself to a greater extent than the security God can give you if you're right where God wants you to be. 
verse 15 of chapter 2, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into, into heaven that the shepherds came to one another and said, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, the baby lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph and the Christ child. Go back just one page. And I was curious today and asked, uh, this week and asked myself the question, what attracted the father to Mary and to Joseph? What attracted him? Do you ever think like that? Look, I know enough about the Bible to know that God makes sovereign choices out of his grace. And it is not dependent on how good we are. It's by grace we're saved through faith. I know God makes sovereign choices. Did you know that God gave you the people that he has brought into your life for a reason? The heartache that some of us go through because of the covenant of family that we have is for a reason. For some reason, God saw and believed that you were capable of being the right parent, the right spouse, the right son or daughter to where he's put you. For some reason, God saw all the pain that was going to be involved in the associations and the covenant relationships he gave you, and he trusted you enough that you could bear it with grace and eventually stand in grace and eventually see grace win what you can't win. I know God makes sovereign choices, and I know he sovereignly chose this little girl named Mary that is the second most famous person in all the Bible. But I have to ask myself, what attracted him? Is that a biblically accurate question? Yes, there's a sovereign choice, but you've also got to understand this, God sees and he knows things before he chooses. God sees and knows things before he chooses. He doesn't just haphazardly make a choice without any knowledge whatsoever. The word says, whom he foreknew, these he set a predetermined destination. So what attracted God to sovereignly choose this little girl named Mary, what attracted him? Well, as we look there in chapter one of Luke, we might get some hints. We see in verse 26 that the angel Gabriel came to, to Mary who was betrothed to a man named Joseph. Now you gotta understand that betrothal in that day was a lot more than just engagement. Betrothal was a legal act and a legal agreement, and you had to get a legal divorce to become unbetrothed. It was that holy. 
It was that important in Jewish culture. A betrothal was a legal agreement. She was legally committed to Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel having come in said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed, supernaturally favored are you among women. But when she saw him, she had the same response we would have probably had. She was troubled. And she thought, what kind of greeting is this? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There is no indication in Scripture as to why she found favor with God, but we're going to get some clues here as we read on. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I do not know a man. That is, I do not have sexual intimacy with any man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, Elizabeth was a cousin of Mary. Remember, she was the one who supernaturally received the ability to conceive in her advanced age and bear who we know as John the Baptist. She is conceived in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Don't rush through that. The angel was saying, God has an agenda for you that is going to mess with everything that you planned and thought that your marriage was ever going to be. God has a plan for you that is about to disrupt every preconceived notion and ideal that you have ever had about your future. But it's because he has favor on you. You have been chosen for an assignment that is far above anything, uh, any plan that you may have. Can I tell you guys something? God has a higher assignment than your little man-made plans. There are certain things that God will interrupt your world and say, I've got something assigned for you. Would to God that we would always respond like Mary and say, be it done unto me. Behold the servant of the Lord. Mary, verse 39, arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary The babe leaped leaped in her womb. That is, that little baby who was growing in her womb began to leap and jump. John the Baptist was bearing witness in his mother's womb that he was to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Notice when she gave Elizabeth the news, it wasn't out of insecurity or not out of jealousy She said, blessed are you, verse 42, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
Why has this been granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 45, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. So what do we see about Mary? We see that her fears were brought under submission by her faith. Can I ask you something? As you look at the circumstances of your life, are you about to define your future based on what you see today in circumstances? Or are you going to go before God and get a promise from Him and recognize that regardless of what you feel or see today, there is something that you can hear from God about how He is going to fulfill His promise to you? Mary did not let her fear determine her future. She listened more, she gave the Word of God a more profound place than she did her own fears. You say, yeah, but that was Mary and this is me. Did you know Mary didn't have a copy of the Bible? Did you know in those days the Holy Spirit hadn't come at Pentecost yet to indwell believers? Do you know you've got a lot more resources than Mary had? You don't have to listen to an angel tell you something. You can listen to the Holy Spirit himself tell you a word straight from the heart of God. Do you know you don't have to go make visiting hours with some priest with very few copies of even Old Testament scriptures. You can open a text right now and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the witness of the word for your life. We have no excuse for allowing our fears to overcome our faith. She asked questions. She struggled with it. How many of you know it is okay to struggle? It's just not okay to disobey. Sometimes you have to obey scared. It is not wrong to obey afraid. She asked questions, but she yielded to the next right step. Can I ask you something? Are you full of fear today because you are already projecting an outcome that you don't want? Or are you willing to say, Father, my life is in your hands. You've counted all my breaths. You know my future. You know my past. And in the name of Jesus, I am trusting you with an outcome that I can't make happen. Some of you are confused and frustrated today. God has not called you to figure it out. Sheep do not figure it out. They follow the shepherd. All God wants you to do is to, to submit to the next right step, trusting him to bring to pass that which he has decided and declared and desires to bring to pass. Notice what she also did after she finished this visitation from the Lord. You know what she did then? She sought her spiritual covering with her spiritual mother. You say, Pastor, all you can see in the genetics of this church is that we are to find spiritual covering and mentoring and parenting. Well, they don't call him father for nothing. 
Interesting to me that Mary went immediately to that one that she respected, that cousin that she knew walked with God. Can I ask you something? Are you willing when you believe that you've heard something from the Lord, or even when you're troubled and don't know what you're hearing, are you willing to go to somebody who's farther down the road than you are and share with them what you believe God is saying or ask them to to tell you what do you see God is up to? That is not weakness. That is strength. Turn to the left, if you will, and go to Matthew chapter 1. We see some things about Mary. What about Joseph? Do you know that Joseph is almost shoved in the background every time? We hear everything about the Christ child and everything about Mary. But Joseph remains fairly obscure, and that's a shame. It's probable that Joseph died probably in the prime of life because we do not hear Joseph mentioned in the middle of Jesus' ministry. In chapter 1 in verse 18, we see that the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That is this legal agreement that they were about to be married before they came together. That is before they had sexual intimacy, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was of a mind to put her away secretly. Why was that? Because he was ashamed of her? No. It was to protect her. It was to do the next right thing. How would you like to be told by an angel in the middle of the night that the woman you were about to marry was already pregnant? How would you like to receive that news? And you knew it wasn't by you. There was Gabriel with breaking news in the middle of the night. Mary's pregnant. Notice, again, verse 19, Joseph, her husband, being a just man. The word there means upright. It means a man of character and integrity. He put the well-being of Mary above his own desires or even his own understanding. A just man. What does it mean to be a man of character and a just man? It means that what you are in your private world, where your motives are, where your thoughts are, where your emotions are, where your imaginations are, an upright man is a man who is a man of integrity and character in his private world. When God looks on me and God looks on you, he looks on our heart and he sees what's in there. What's important to him is not so much what other people think of us. 
but it's who we are in our private world. How's it going in there? Am I angry? Am I bitter? Am I lustful? Am I jealous? Am I desiring my own promotion and recognition rather than to serve? What's going on in there? The word, this is amazing when scripture says Joseph was a just and upright man. Amazing. Notice verse 20, while he thought about these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid. What was his first reaction? Mine would have been fear. Oh my, my world's being turned upside down. This is not what I signed up for. (laughs) How many of you can say with me right now, what I'm seeing today is not what I would have signed up for? Well, three of us can say that. The rest of you are dead and don't know it. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, The virgin shall be with child and a son, and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Now notice verse 24, Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her, did not have sexual intercourse with her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. He faced his fears and the only thing he had, just like Mary, were the promises of God. And notice when he was given this overwhelming, life-altering command, all he did was the next right thing. He got up and did what the angel said. He made arrangements to take Mary, to take care of her, and to exercise the spiritual discipline to honor her as a vessel of the Lord instead of an object of his own pleasure. Now, y'all thought last week was brutal for men. Let me say to all of us, there is never an excuse for any of us ever to take advantage of God's daughters for our own pleasure. Those are his daughters. There is never an excuse for us to go online and to fantasize about sexual pleasure and experience. Those are God's daughters. I keep preaching like this, the crowd might even get smaller, Jeremiah. 
I got to tell you some things. Joseph obeyed the Lord and disciplined himself to honor the Lord and listen, not to honor the Lord, not in his own ministry assignment, but to honor the Lord that God had given him a life partner who also had an assignment from the Lord. All of us who have been given an assignment from the Lord to run a business or run a ministry need to understand that there is just as an important a calling and assignment on those who's given, he's given us as a life partner as there is on us. Joseph was a just and righteous man. He obeyed. But you see, his obedience kept on coming. Turn the page there to chapter 2. Notice that after the child was born, and we see how the wise men came in the first 12 verses, and, uh, you know, the, the Christ child then, I'm afraid our manger scenes are not real accurate, the Christ child then had become somewhere between birth and two years old. He was not a little baby anymore. The wise men came and offered him gifts, having first visited with Herod. In verse 13, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay here until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You know what God was telling to Joseph? Run. You've got to leave the security of the familiar. What's the security of the familiar in your life that you're unwilling to let go of even when God is trying to get you to let go of that which is familiar and secure to you? How many of you know that that which is familiar is usually a false sense of security? It can change in a heartbeat. Notice what Joseph did. He not only had faith, he grew in faith. The Lord said, I want you to get out of this region where all your comfort level is, and I want you to leave here and go where I'm sending you. Why? Because it is in the best interest of my child. Go to Egypt. How long till I tell you to come back? I believe God's telling some of you that it's time for you to leave that which is comfortable and familiar. You make sure it's God telling you that, but when he makes certain an assignment for you, notice what Joseph did. He obeyed. In verse 15, he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He didn't wonder and worry he just obeyed, and he was there until the death of Herod, verse 15. Now look down at verse 19. When Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to a dream, in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. 
Now, wait a minute now. Pastor, I keep seeing that God spoke to Joseph in a dream about what was going on with Mary and the coming of the Christ child. I saw he talked to Joseph in a dream about leaving and going to Egypt, and I see he's still talking to him in a dream about leaving Egypt. What's the deal with that? Does God still speak to people in dreams? Sometimes he does. Old and New Testament, there are examples of God speaking in dreams. Well, how do you know whether the dreams of God or not? Understand that some dreams in the life of a believer are given by the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit overrules the natural process of what I call the unconscious mind, the mind at rest. Some dreams arise from the unconscious mind. It's always work, and sometimes it's, it, it's rational, and sometimes it's pretty squirrely. It makes no sense. But there are certain dreams that the Holy Spirit gives. How would you know whether they're legitimately of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer or they're just something that comes out of the subconscious mind? Well, here's a test. Did the dream, does the Holy Spirit, when you're conscious, does the Holy Spirit bear witness with your inner man that that dream was from the Lord? Does the Holy Spirit bear witness to it? Number two, does, is that dream and its content in line with the Word of God? Is it out of bounds? Some people say, well, I had a dream and the Lord told me to, to leave the wife he gave me and go get me another one. You have no idea the amount of squirrely stuff that's out there. I dreamed it. God designed it. No, he didn't. Did the dream, does the Holy Spirit bear witness that it's true? Do, is it in line with the boundaries of the Word of God? And third, will it stand the test of mature examination? Do you have a small but trusted, mature core of spiritual sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers who are tested and mature and hear the voice of the Lord consistently? Will it stand the test? You know, the Word says if you think you've got the gift of prophecy, that you ought to subject yourself to other people who operate in that gift. Does the Holy Spirit bear witness? Is it in line with the Word? And does it stand the test of the light of the scrutiny of other mature believers? Joseph was spoken to in dreams. Notice verse 20, the, the Lord said in the dream, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of, e of Israel. In other words, time to go on back now. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. How many of you know there's a time to go and there's a time to come back? 
the Lord knows. And, being, and notice verse 22, when Joseph heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, there it is again, he turned aside to the region of Galilee and came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Sound familiar? It's where he established his business. He was a carpenter by trade and evidently a successful one. Jesus even grew up working in the carpenter's shop there in Nazareth. And why? That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, he shall be called, that is, Jesus shall be called a Nazarene. Joseph ran when God said run. He returned when God said return. And he remained. He stayed put when God said stay put. He obeyed the voice of the Lord. He was a just man. Did he get everything right? No. God doesn't require us to get everything right. He requires us to listen and obey his voice. Well, we've looked at Mary, we've looked at Joseph, and next Sunday we'll look at the Christ child. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, we thank you for your holy and mighty word. This word is spirit and life, and we praise you for it. Open our hearts to believe and see what you would say to us. Deal with us about anything that is impeding our will and our desire to worship. We not only bring our gifts of praise to you today, Lord. We do what you tell us to do. To bring all of our burdens. To cast all of our burdens at your feet. Lord, relieve all of us from trying to figure out how to make it work. That we may focus on just taking the next right step. Recognizing that you are in charge. Forgive us of our sins in those areas where we've been dark and blind to the truth. We praise you for the birth of your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us as we close again today to sing, O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Would you stand together, please? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.